I think that most of us in this room probably have a hobby of some sort, don't we? Who, by show of hands, who has a hobby in this room? Let me, let me just see your hands. Okay, I have this particular hobby, and I'm going to share it with you. So I have this hobby. It's called backpacking, right? Some of you are with me right now, and others of you are like, you are insane. Go out into the woods or wherever and backpack and spend days out there with nothing, right? How many of you are like, Pastor, you're crazy? It's okay, you can, I've got one. Yeah, some of you are like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to call the pastor crazy. Is there something in the Bible about that? Um, there's not. And so, but I want to share with you the story of how I got into this. Because my family never camped. They never backpacked. We hiked, day hike, right? Like take your water bottle, hike up, see the site, and walk back, get in the car, go home, get in the shower, and then get in the bed. Right? Like that's... And then something happened one day. I was at a local coffee shop, and I ran into somebody, and we were just talking. He goes, yeah, me and a group of guys, we're going down to southern Indiana. We're going we're gonna to just do a one-nighter. And I'm like, he goes, you want to go? And I'm like, eh, it's not really me, right? He goes, well, it's okay. Just try it. And I'm like, ah, it's not me. My heart wasn't in it. I wasn't, I wasn't, my heart was not into it. Have you ever done something your heart's just not into it? Yeah, right? He goes, well, I got all the gear. He goes, in fact, last year I hiked Glacier National Park. I went from one end to the, to the next, um, and I hiked the entire park. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you're crazy, because they're like, you know, grizzlies and stuff. And so some of you are like shaking your head. And so I went, and I borrowed his gear. And I was like, that wasn't too bad. In fact, the best steak I ever ate was the steak they cooked over the fire that night on the campfire. We had steak, and it was like really, really good. And I thought, that wasn't too bad. When I got home, I felt pretty good. It wasn't too bad. My heart wasn't in it, but it wasn't too bad. It was okay. And then I got on the internet, which is the downfall of many people, and is the downfall of, what well, became the downfall of my wallet. And what happened was, is I started researching hiking gear, just out of curiosity, like, what's this cost? You know, and I'm looking up gear. And before long, I clicked buy. Anybody do that? And you're like, wait, finger, why did you just do that? Bad finger, bad, right? Because it wasn't me, it was my finger. And as I began to research the gear and began to buy the gear, I noticed a shift in myself. Have you ever done that? You, you start to purchase something, you're not really into it, but then as you begin to purchase it and you begin to... Die, did you know, like, you can so rabbit trail hiking gear, it's ridiculous. I didn't realize that. And as I began to purchase the stuff, something in my heart towards hiking began to change and what I found is that the words of Jesus rang true. So what we're going to do, we're going to look at the words of Jesus this morning and see how 
what happened with this happens to us and you don't even know it. It's a principle found in the Word of God in Matthew chapter 6, 19 through 24. Jesus says in Matthew 6, 19 through 24, he says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye of the lamp of the body, no, I'm sorry, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. You will you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You cannot serve both God and money. In our series in generosity, we've been talking about generosity, and I want us to go all the way back up to verse 19, where Jesus gives us what, what I call a negative commandment. Do you know what a negative commandment is? There are commandments that start off with do this, and then there are commandments that start off with do not, right? So this is what I call a negative, Jesus says, do not do this. And so what does he say? He says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth, moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves Treasures. The word treasure there is a very familiar sounding Greek word. It's the Greek word thesauros. It's where we get the English word thesaurus. Okay? And so thesaurus literally means treasure trove. A treasure trove. And so Jesus says, do not take your treasure trove. How many of you know what a treasure trove? How many of you have seen like Pirates of the Caribbean Right, and some of you like sheepishly went. Mm. It's okay, be proud of that. Okay, like there's this treasure trove, and we all have treasure troves that we value. And Jesus says, this this treasure trove that you value, this treasure. He in this passage is specifically talking about money. He's talking about money. He says you're going to store it somewhere. Your money is going to be stored somewhere. Your treasure trove of finances that you have, however big or however small, is going to be stored somewhere. And so he tells us where we need to store it. Did you know, did you know what Jesus is implying here is that money is transferable from earth to heaven? Now, we've always thought you can't take it with you, right? You've never seen a hearse with a trailer hitch. How many of you heard that, right? Or something like that. But what we're going to see later today, we're going to dive into it a little bit today, and then next week we're really going to expound on it, is that money is transferable from earth to heaven. And how you handle it is transferable from earth to heaven. And some of you are sitting right here going, prove it. I will. And guess what? I'll use Paul and Jesus' words to prove it. But how many of you know that when Jesus says something, it's important? 
Some of you are like, huh? Right. But if Jesus says it twice, you better sit up and pay attention, right? If Jesus felt it important enough to mention twice to us, it's something we better pay attention to. And so what does he say? He says, do not store up on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, right? But store your treasure, thesaurus, take your storehouses and store them in heaven. And then he repeats himself where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. He repeats it. Now leave that verse up there for a minute. Do you notice a process here? He goes from moths to vermins to thieves. It's a process with your money. Moth. Now, I remember my grandma, she had a cedar closet made of cedar. Does anybody have those or seen those? You know what I'm talking about? You know what's really cool about cedar wood? Spiders hate it. Spiders hate cedar wood. So I love me some cedar, right? But she would also keep in that closet mothballs. Anybody have their grandmas keep mothballs around your clothes? Yeah. You know why? Because a moth will get into that closet and begin to eat small holes in your clothing. Moths love cloth. And they'll eat small holes. Jesus is teaching a financial, financial principle here. We tend to eat small holes in our finances, don't we? A little spending here, oh, it's just five bucks. Oh, it's just a little bit. And you may not notice one moth hole in your clothing, but get enough moths in your closet and you won't be able to wear your clothes because they'll be eaten. It'll be gone. And Jesus says your treasure, he's specifically talking about money, can be eaten away with just small emotional spending. I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of that. In fact, we are trying to get out of debt, and we're this close. And I've made it a rule for myself, Tyson, no emotional spending. No emotional spending. You know what that means? I have to get my emotions under control. You don't need that, right? How many of you like to tell yourself those words? I can tell you that my bank account has generously rewarded me for not emotionally spending. Now, what I have done in our budget is I have allow, allocated funds for emotional spending. Because we're humans and we have emotions, right? What's the next process? And vermin do not destroy. A moth is going to eat holes, small holes in your finances. But a vermin... Actually, some translations say rust, where moths and do not destroy. I think the King James says rust. What happens with rust? What happens with vermin? They, rust will completely destroy it, but it's not instant, is it? It's over time. It just eats it away and eats it away and eats it away. Oh, I can spend a little bit here for that, and I can spend a little bit there for that, and a little bit there for that. And then before long, you're like, man, I'd really like to give to that. I'd really like to give to that missionary the church is supporting, or I'd really like to give to this project of the church, but I can't because I've allowed the vermin and the rust to just come in and eat away at my finances. I've allowed these things to eat away at my finances. 
Moths, they'll just eat a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. But the rust, or the vermin, as some translations say here, it eats away in chunks. And a thief just takes the whole thing. A thief just takes the whole thing. And you'll have things on earth that will just eat away at your finances, and you'll have things that will just take it. How many of you have had things in your life just take your finances? Like you had to get a new car, you had to get in your bank account. And what Jesus is saying is get it under control so that the moths aren't eating it, the rust isn't destroying it, and that you have enough so that when the thief comes, right, it's a process. One's a little bit, one's a little bit over a period of time that eats away at it, and one just shows up and takes the whole thing. And he says, on earth, that's going to happen. But what he's suggesting to us is that we take our finances and transfer them to heaven. Now, we've always thought, right, how many times you go by, like, somebody who has a lot of money, and they got a big house, and they got a boat, and they got, you know, they got a Bugatti. I was... on anybody's toes so you know like you go by and you see the Bugatti sitting in the driveway and right and you're like well they can have all that but they can't take it with them well it's not exactly biblical now you can't take the Bugatti to heaven right besides we know that in heaven when we have the body of Christ and our resurrected bodies, we can actually just move at the speed of thought. So there's no need to have a kind of car that, of that kind of horsepower. But what happens with our finances is that when you begin to spend it, that's where your heart goes. Let me say that again. Where you begin to spend your finances, your heart will begin to go in that direction. That seems silly, doesn't it? Doesn't it seem like your heart takes your money? How many of you have heard the saying, follow your heart? How many of you, how many of you have given the advice, just follow your heart? Where does your heart lead you? How many of you have given that advice out? Yeah, stop it. Stop. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus did not say, follow your heart. In fact, he said just the opposite. He said just the opposite. He said, when I began to research hiking gear, I didn't really care for hiking and backpacking. But I began to buy stuff because it was kind of interesting. And now I'm like, okay, when can I get out? I'm waiting for the weather to change. I'm looking for stuff. I'm, how can I get out, right? And so I'm looking for, now my heart's into it. Why? Because my finances pulled my heart in that direction because I began to spend my money there I began to get invested in it and my heart went there this is what without getting ahead of myself this is what Jesus says in verse 20 for where your treasure is there your heart will be also what did he put first? Your treasure and then your heart. 
You say, oh, come on, Tyson, that's not really what it... Okay, let me read it to you from the original Greek, but I'm just gonna t- we're just going to take the Greek word and then translate it directly into English. It's going to sound a little bit like Yoda, if you know who that is. All right, it's going to sound a little bit Yoda-ish, but here's what it says in the original Greek. Wherefore is the treasure of you, there will also be the heart of you. Woo! Jesus just... Wherefore is the treasure of you, there will, all, there will be also the heart of you. Jesus goes, I'll find your treasure, I'll find your heart. What's he saying? He says, don't be led by your heart. You decide where your heart's going to go and then lead it. In fact, the Bible tells us that our heart is deceitful above all things. So why are we telling everybody, follow your heart? The Bible says your heart is deceitful. Why do you think that when we come to Christ, he says, I'm going to give you and put into you a new heart? Why do you need a new heart? Because the old one is deceitful. If you're led by it, your life will go off the rails. Because your heart's going to deceive you. But when you come to Christ and he gives you the Holy Spirit, he places a new heart inside of you so that your desires begin to change, your wants begin to change, and the Holy Spirit begins to work on you from the inside out. I don't know who this is for, but I'm feeling the Lord prompting me to say this. There's a lot of people in here right now that do not trust you, do not trust yourself. God has placed his Holy Spirit inside of you, which tells me he trusts you more than you trust yourself. Because he put inside of you the power that created the universe inside of you. So God wants somebody to know this morning, he trusts you more than you trust yourself. Start trusting yourself and the Holy Spirit working in you. Amen? All right, I don't know where that came from. Somebody need to hear it. So... I know where it came from. Listen, you place your treasure, your heart follows. You place your treasure, your heart follows. So here's what you have to think about. If you place your heart, if you choose, I'm going to put my heart into education, then you're going to reap the benefits of the education and your heart's going to pull that way. If you put your family first and you say I'm going to put my family first and you decide to put your family first your heart is going to go that direction and you're going to reap the benefits of family if you decide that I'm going to like sports and I'm going to begin to like sports your heart will begin to follow sports and you will begin to reap the benefits of sports if you decide that I like art your heart will go the direction of art and you will reap the benefits of art. But if you decide that I love Jesus and I love God, your heart will go the direction of God and you will reap the benefits of God. Because sports can only take you so far, art can only take you so far, intellect can only take you so far. But God can take you anywhere and do anything because he is all-knowing and all-perceiving and he can change anything he wants because he took nothing and made something. So if you feel like a nothing, you need to know that you are something because you need to guide your heart towards God. Amen? Amen? That's what he's calling for. 
That's what he wants. He says, you tell your heart to suck it up, buttercup. I'm going this way. And your heart will begin to find joy and pleasure in that. That's what Jesus is saying. You find your treasure and tell your heart to go that direction. Quit allowing yourself to be led by your emotions and by your feelings and what your heart thinks it wants. Because your heart is deceitful above everything else in you. This is tough for people who just follow their emotions and just go with the wind. This is tough. It means you're going to have to tell your emotions, no, you're not going to like that. You're not going to go that way. But I want no, because this is not who I am in Jesus. Jesus says I am this, but I feel like this. You make the decision. Your heart will follow. Your desires and wants will change. Jesus says where the treasure of you is, there your heart is. We've got it completely flipped. And we wonder why so many Christians are just bouncing all over the place. Well, I'm just not feeling it today. I'm just not this and I'm just not that. Wrong. You are this. That is a lie. And you tell yourself, no, this is me. And if I don't line up to this, or I have a desire that doesn't line up to this, or I don't have a thing that lines up to this, then I need to get into this and I need to renew my mind so that I can, my mind can be renewed and tell my heart which direction you're going. This is what Jesus is talking about. And so when it comes to our finances, when it comes to our generosity, if we want to be more generous, then we tell our finances, no, you're going to do this. And as you begin to invest in something, the next thing you know, you've got money wrapped up. <laughs> More money than I ever thought I would ever have wrapped up in backpacking, right? I used to look at those people and go, that's great. You paid a lot of money to live homeless for a week in the middle of nowhere with wild animals. And I can tell you, I mean, I know Brent's got some crazy stories and he shared some crazy stories last, last week, you know, about the bear charging at him and all of these sorts of things, and he dropped the bear, and the Holy Spirit guided him through that. My story isn't quite there, but let me tell you something. When you're laying there at night in your tent, and all of a sudden you hear a pack of coyotes, like, Yipping. Have you ever, how many of you heard the coyotes yipping? I'm telling you, those things are possessed. That is the only, those are demons in those coyotes. All right. Okay. That's a joke. Don't take it seriously. Okay. It's a joke. But when you're laying there and all of a sudden you hear them in your camp outside your tent, and then suddenly they, and you hear them take off, and then like, just a few seconds later, because you know they can't be that far within a matter of, like, 20 seconds, you hear them yipping and howling like they've killed something. Right? That's unnerving. And that's when you, I grab the axe, and I grab the spray, and I'm ready to go to war, and I just lay in my tent. Right? And I lay there, and I'm thinking, okay, all right. I'm ready. I'm going to take some damage, but I'm going to kill more of them than they kill me, right? That's the thought, anyway. That's what I convinced myself. I told myself as I was falling asleep again. And 
happens is that you'd never thought possible. You find yourself doing things you never thought you would do. You find yourself relying on God more than you rely on yourself, and you find yourself walking on water like Peter, not like the other 11 who stayed in the boat. And here's what I'm going to tell you. If you want to walk on water like Peter, then you have to begin to renew your mind and tell your heart where it's going. And the only way you can control that is by knowing what this says about you and what this says you are. And so as you begin to become more generous and move and shift your budget and shift your finances towards the things of God, what happens in your heart, Jesus says, is that your heart begins to follow. I never in a million years. You could have went 10, ten years ago, you could ask me, you think you'll be living like a homeless person for a week out in the woods with animals? No, you're crazy. You're a nut job. Give me my shower and my bed. Right? And here I am. Why? All because I started shopping and putting my treasure and my finances into that just a little bit. Right? And this is what Jesus is talking about. Now here's where I made a statement earlier and I said, your money is transferable to heaven. Okay? Are you ready? Are you ready? Because Jesus just said what? He said, store up your treasure. He's talking about money. Keep it in context. He's talking about money here. Store it up in heaven where rust and moth and thieves can't break in and steal. Now, some of you are like, okay, how do I take a greenback, right? How do I take a dead president and transfer it to the spiritual world? How does that work? How does that happen? The first thing you have to do is ask yourself this question. Do I see heaven as an investment? Or do I think it's just someplace I go when I die? Is, and I'm going to dive into this a little bit more next week as we wrap up generosity. Is heaven just someplace you go when you die, or is it actually an investment? That's the first question you have to ask yourself. Am I investing in my next life? Or am I just living this life, and then when I die, I get to heaven? That's the question we have to ask ourselves. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul writes to the church at Corinth. 1, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to go verses 12 through 16. Paul writes this to the church at Corinth. Now, just prior to this in verse 11, he's talking about Jesus as the foundation of our faith. And now he, as he's talking about that, he's talking to the church at Corinth about their works and what they do. And he says, if anyone builds on this foundation, that's Jesus, okay, that's your, that's your saving faith, that's your belief in Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is because the day, capital D, Capital D in the English language here, we capitalize it because we're talking about the day you stand before God. This is the day of judgment because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. 
If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. Now, what is Paul talking about? Well, the first thing we have to understand is he says, anybody who in their life who has laid the foundation of Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, from that moment on, you begin to do works. Now, you are not saved by works. This is what we who call ourselves Christians must understand. You do not get into heaven because you are a good person. Good people do not get into heaven. I'll say that again. Good people do not get into heaven. People who have repented and are saved and accepted the love of Jesus Christ get into heaven. It so grates on me when I'm at funerals and I hear people say, oh, he was a good person. He must, must really be enjoying themselves in heaven. Uh, that's, not, that's not the Bible. The Bible says you ask for forgiveness of your sins and begin to follow Christ. Right? And he puts his renewed spirit in you and renews your spirit. And then you begin to live out of that. And because he's loved you and redeemed you, you want to do things for him. Right? Because his grace is so overpowering and his mercy is so overwhelming. You say, oh my gosh, God, I want to love you in return. What can I do for you? Because of that grace and that mercy and that love. And so what happens? You begin to work here on earth for the kingdom of God. It's full-time, paid, right? But you begin to invest your time at the, church, at the church building. You begin to invest your finances for the kingdom of God. You begin to invest your talents, your skills, your energy. You begin to invest them into the kingdom of God. And the Bible tells us that God is recording, God is the great accountant, and he records every thought, every action, every feeling, every emotion. He records everything in your life. He records it all, right? From the moment you are saved, that, that slate is clean. That, those books are cleaned, and it's a blank book. And then he begins to write down, and you say, oh, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. You know, I, I just I had that thought, or, or I had that action. I let that thought be carried out into an action. God, forgive me. And so he strikes it. He erases it, right? And he says, on the day of judgment, when you stand before him, everything that you've done, every, every piece of, of, of money that you've dropped into the plate or every QR code you've scanned to donate money to the church, he's recording all of it so that when you get to heaven, your day comes, your moment comes before him, and it's tried in fire. Every work is tried in fire, Paul tells the church in Corinth. And he takes it, and what's left out of the fire are your rewards in heaven. Everything that you've done for the kingdom of God will come out, as Paul says, as gold, silver, precious stones. Everything you've done for yourself Everything you've done selfishly, everything you've done out of the will of the flesh and out of your own selfish desires will be burned up as wood, hay, and stubble. And Paul even said there will be some people in heaven that just barely make it through the day of judgment. There will be people in heaven without any rewards, and there will be people with tons of rewards. 
There will be those in heaven that have and have not. Now, I'm going to stop with that statement, and we'll pick that statement up next week. But here's what I want you to understand for this week. When you think about generosity and giving towards the kingdom of heaven, when you give financially, that is a work that represents your time, your talent, your energy. You put that in. God's recording that. So when you stand before God, that is going to come out as gold, silver, precious stones in heaven. That is reward. That is transferring from earth to heaven. Think of it this way. I'm going to build a house, right? I'm going to build spiritually. And I'm going to begin to build. Now, I can build with this, right? I could build with this, and I could take this, and I could maybe build a house or, or, or build a deck spiritually, right? But what happens in fire to this? It doesn't last, does it? I can build spiritually with this out of my own works, and I'm going to do this because it makes me feel good, and I'm going to do this because it'll make me look good. Oh, you're saved. You're going to heaven, but there's still that part of you that wants to do it for yourself, right? Makes me look good, etc. You can build with that. That's okay. I'm going to give, I'm going to, give to the homeless because I feel good about it. Or I can give to the homeless shelter. I can give to the homeless shelter because I love Jesus and because of what he's done for me, I want them to experience what I've experienced. And you can build with this. Now, which one of these, which one of these two elements, when they're placed in the fire, are going to survive? Because this is what Paul's saying. This is what Paul says. I can give to the needy because it makes me feel good and I know it's the right thing to do, so I should do it. Or I can give to the needy because I want to love them the way Jesus loves them and I want to be more like Jesus and it's for the kingdom of God. It's the motive of the heart. What are we talking about? We're talking about the motive of the heart. And what do you got to do? You got to tell your heart, heart, you're going this way. This is going to be your motive. This is what's going to drive you. Which is it going to be? One one will bring you rewards in heaven, the other will leave you with nothing. So when we talk about generosity, when we talk about being generous, it's not because the preacher and the church, oh, we want more money. I want you to walk into heaven on the day that you stand before God. I want you to walk into heaven with rewards. I don't want you to be one of the people in heaven that just got through and you're walking around smelling like smoke. Oh, man, here comes Steve. How do you know? Because I can smell the smoke. He barely made it. Right? He barely made it. No. I want you on this earth for your heart's motives to be so in line with Christ that when your day comes to stand before God, you're walking out building something with this versus this. And that, my friend, is how your finances get transferred from earth to heaven. God's given you the ability to earn money. What do you do with it? You spend it on yourself? Have fun on the day of judgment. Do you see heaven as an investment? Or do you just see it as someplace I go when I die?
There's, we're going to get into that a little bit more as we finish out generosity next week. Okay? Because it's huge. It's, it's a big issue. Most people do not realize that heaven is more than someplace you just go when you die and everything's happy. There's a whole economy in heaven. There's a whole way of life in heaven. And I want for you, like I did with the backpacking and the hiking, to tell your heart, heart, no, 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 heart, no, no, heart, I'm not going to be led by you anymore. I'm going to tell you where to go. I'm going to tell my emotions where to go. I'm going to tell my feelings, nope, don't feel that way. That's not who you are. This is who you are. We're going that direction. Stop being led by your heart, your emotions, and your feelings. And like Jesus said, where you put your treasure, your heart's going to follow. You guys good with that? I want a group of people that are rewarded like this in heaven. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up. As we close out in the song, I'm going to ask Steve and Bonnie to come. Would you guys come down here? And if I can get Aaron and Lori to come down on this side. And if you're here this morning and you need prayer for anything, they want to pray with you. They want to believe God with you. Whatever it is, you, you might be sick. You might have something coming up you need to make a decision on. Maybe you're here this morning and like, I had no idea Jesus said all this. I want to know more. I've never asked Jesus into my life. I've never invited him in so that from that moment, I can begin to live for him the way he lived for me. If that's you this morning, they want to pray with you as well as we close out in song. that God, when we put our treasures in the wrong place, you know, he doesn't shame us for it. It's like he says, so how's that working for you? You know what I mean? He allows us to experience sometimes the pain and the loss of putting our treasures in the wrong place. Because he knows that we don't get it yet because we are made up of flesh. But when we're living out of who we really are, which is Christ in us, we begin to get all of our ducks in a row because we're thinking with the mind of Christ. And our true being begins to brim over into true words and true deeds. I'm so glad that he's patient with us. And he's given us his Holy Spirit, which is our compass. He's a good, good father.
indescribable. Yes, Jesus. We love you, Lord. God, we don't understand this compassion and grace that you have for yes, us. It's because we know ourselves. But God, you remind us in Ephesians to go in love like that. Yes, Jesus. With that kind of generosity. God, change our hearts so that we're not forcing ourselves to do something to get that reward, but that we're choosing to do something because we are in love with you. Yes, Jesus. That's what you're looking for. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Change us, God. Change our hearts. For you are perfect in all of your ways. And we need you. And you are always, always faithful. Thank you for loving us in Jesus' name. Amen. Today, go with God. He loves you. And he longs to be with you. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.